I suppose one of the things that must be very difficult in um, the role of CISO is cutting through the noise as well. And I think sales and marketing have done no favours in this industry whatsoever because it becomes impossible to kind of cut through the fact and the fiction to work out what you do really need or what someone that in marketing has told you you do need. And I think that that's also become a massive problem is, is to figure out what's real and what's not. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely um, not been helped by all the machine learning and artificial intelligence that's sprinkled over uh, virtually right. every product out there. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I actually gave a talk of uh, last year, or uh, it seems like a long time ago now, but um, <laughs> I gave a talk about uh, uh, essentially the age of AI. Now, the age of AI, not meaning we are in the age of AI, but literally what is the age of ai and what are you willing to uh entrust it with in terms of the type of uh decisions you want it to make right so i, I think you would make uh radically different choices if you if the age of ai were a five-year-old versus a 13-year-old versus an 18-year-old versus a 25-year-old right right exactly um, yeah and so if we can actually calibrate the age of AI towards something that we can relate to, we start making better decisions on, am I truly going to entrust um, something that some marketing person told me to this pretty, potentially a critical, pretty critical decision that may cause mm -hmm. business impact? Um, now, if it's a five-year-old, I'm going to be much more wary than if, it's a, <laughs> if the age of AI is tw a 25-year-old, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I created a way to understand what is the age of AI uh, using all these different frameworks to then benchmark it. And my conclusion, just to jump ahead of it, is um, that it's still somewhere uh, like in the uh, adolescent phase before teens. So um, if, you, yeah. if you entrust an eight-year-old to uh, wield a gun or to wield a knife and um, make decisions on what, what malware to kill, Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, you, you've made a uh, that's 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 the risk posture that you're taking based on um, trusting yeah. an eight-year-old to to make those decisions for you. I I feel that like there needs to be a lot more. I I I absolutely think that vendors and the security community um, outside of the CISO have created a rod for their own back by by using so much sort of fear and uncertainty and doubt in their their sales methods and their and their marketing gump but but equally i do feel that like we do need to find a way of bringing vendors vendors and CISOs and everybody back together again because i think that if we don't we're gonna we're doomed like we we've got to work together <laughs> we need to share all this knowledge and experience that we've got and i think if we get this dynamic of like y y the CISO being impossible for a security vendor especially some of the smaller startup vendors to ever engage with i think that that's that's not going to lead to the innovation we need to be become more effective in in keeping you know the threats out so i think we need to do more to try and actually bring that community back together again i, I, I think it's damaging yeah and I, i'm a very strong proponent of open source um and in particular uh having companies build off of open source in such a way that they add additional value that would otherwise be difficult for a CISO to um, mm. create on their own, or at least would require a significant commitment on their own to put in. Now, why why would I care about open source? Well, you kind of hit upon it earlier. Uh, one of the things that we lack uh, in security is 
uh, one of the things that we struggle with in security is um, sharing knowledge more consistently across practitioners. We share information, but we don't actually share knowledge. And let me explain the difference here. Yeah. Uh, information here is, actually, let me start with data. Data is IP address. Okay, here's an IP address. Information is, this, this IP address is bad. Okay. Uh, knowledge is, how did you discover this IP address? How did, you, how did you discover that this IP address is bad? And we actually lack uh, consistent ways to be able to share that type mm. of knowledge mm. across uh, practitioner communities. But I think it, uh, open source uh, provides a, a proxy for being able to share that knowledge across practitioner environments. Mm. And so if you have a whole bunch of proprietary uh, vendor solutions that come out here, then yeah, that's unfortunately not... Um, in the long run, actually, I don't think it's necessarily helping us really get to um, um, get to where we need to go. I, ultimately, security is a situation where it's an ecosystem problem, mm. and we need ecosystem type of solutions that help everyone, um, you know, rise uh, help the tide rise all boats. Right. And any any one particular company that uh, falls behind ends up being a liability for all of us as well. Right. So anyway, um, that's, that's focus really on useful. open source is something yeah. that I would strongly advocate. So, so one of the things when we think about, you know, we talked about at the beginning is this, this decision-making process. Like how as a CISO you determine what vendors you need, what vendors you don't. Like where, do you, like, where, where would you start? Do you start with the problem or do you start with a strategy? Like how, 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 does, how does that, like do you go to analysts? Do you refer to partners? Where do you start as a CISO? Well, I think it's probably uh, most people will start with the problem because that's what's causing some degree of pain today. A tactical problem? You mean like as in yeah. like this is this is stungers. This is that's where it starts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we, I think we all strive for a strategic view, right? I mean, that's if you're in a leadership position, that's expected that you provide a, uh, a strategic view of sure. what does my program look like today. Where do mm. I need it to go tomorrow? Um, um, it, and people can look at maturity charts and different ways to calibrate oh, yeah. against that. Um, but there's also another uh, perspective that I have around the progression of a company over time. So oftentimes we have organizations that, uh, especially startups, they will have um, a much more risk-taking posture. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, those smaller companies are less regulated, they have less compliance uh, burdens, and as such, they can take a more risk-taking posture. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the five functions of the NIST cybersecurity framework, uh, identify, protect, detect, respond, recover, I'm going to actually spend less on protect and potentially more on detect and respond because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to inhibit my engineers, I don't want to slow down the business. I, I'm, a, I'm in a startup phase and I need to make sure that I can... Mm-hmm make money right that's right yeah. uh, to survive and so we're going to generally take a less of uh, a more risk-taking posture which means that i'm going to be less um i'm going to invest less in the protective solutions and potentially more in the detect and respond however over time as the company gets larger as we start um uh seeing um more compliance burdens uh and as the organization mature, matures, I'm going to start taking a more risk-averse posture. Mm-hmm. And uh, we start seeing a shift from sp- just spending mostly on detect and respond and more on the protective side. 
Mm-hmm. And that's something that has to ha- be done um, hand in hand with the business because as you start putting in more protective measures, it starts mm-hmm. disrupting uh, workflows and so on and so forth. Okay. What, what you really want to be able to do is just uh, as a CISO, as a practitioner, to anticipate those sort of macro movements and uh, put into your strategy, okay, this is where we want to be tied to where the business is mm-hmm. so that when the business gets to the point where they need to be um, – FIPS compliant, or they need to have a SOC 2 certification, or they need to um, go for ISO, whatever, okay, mm-hmm. that your program is ready to be able to handle the burdens as, that are associated with that. 